The Bear Down Report Podcast, featuring Jack Wright, Patrick Sheldon, Brendan Chagru, and your host, Ryan Dangle. Bear Down Report. All right, folks, welcome to another edition of the Bear Down Report Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Dangle. I've got some awesome people on this pod, and I'm very excited about it. Jack Wright, you can find him on Twitter at jwrightbdr. Patrick Sheldon, his voice is coming back, so that's a pretty exciting thing. You can find him at p underscore shells. Brendan Shagru, that's at Brendan Shagru, S-U-G-R-U-E. And our very special guest, thrilled about this one, folks, from Three Kings of the Midway podcast. My absolute favorite follow on Twitter, Roy Ill Will 79 himself. You can find him at 79 Ill Will. Roy, how are you doing, my friend? I'm doing good. Thank you for uh, having me on, man. Thank you. I know we've been uh, trying to connect. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's It's been a little bit crazy, and I can't wait. I know it was a long time ago, but we're, we're stoked to talk to you a little bit about SoFi when, when we get to it. Ryan, tomorrow I am getting my haircut. I'm getting my haircut at Sheridan's Barbershop. Sheridan's Barbershop, located in historic downtown Wheaton, Illinois, has been serving the community for 67 years with five barbers and open six days a week, Mondays through Saturday. They have appointments available to book online or by phone at your convenience. You can go to sheridansbarbershop.com or you can call 630-668-0137 and book your appointment today. Sheridan's Barbershop, where traditional meets modern. All right. So, so Roy, talk to us just briefly. You are on the West Coast, but you are a diehard Bears fan. And I know some of our listeners got to hear you and me had a, had a nice one-on-one really early on. Uh, I think it was in the preseason, maybe even. Uh, mm-hmm. So you could kind of tell us, how did you become a Bears fan out on the West Coast? Oh, well, I'm originally from Chicago. Uh, I was born and raised in Chicago, spent most of my life in Chicago. Uh Austin, the West Side. And uh, the first team I ever fell in love with was the Bears, right? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm in my 40s. I'm getting old, right? So I saw the 85 Bears when I was like six years old. And so that was the first team I ever saw, you know, McMahon and, and, and Decca and Walter Payton, Mike, Samurai Mike. And, that you know, that's the first team I fell in love with. I'm pretty much a basketball player, but that was the team. So it just started from, from you know, first grade, probably kindergarten. And I was hooked, you know. It was all downhill after that, though. Well, I, I love the fact that you are a Bulls fan, and I am not a basketball guy, but I'm like, I'm maybe trying to convince myself to get into it because the Bulls are just so damn good right now. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Bulls, the Bulls are real good. It's good to see the Bulls good again. And we just need the Bears. The Bears are the only team that haven't won a championship in a while. Roy, thanks for coming on. Tell us, why did the Chicago Bears win the football game today? <laughs> Because the New York Giants suck. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir, they do. <laughs> is, 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 that, is that one of the worst rosters in all of football? Has to be. <laughs> like, I don't know, like, Shaquan Barkley's hurt, right? So that's, like, the probably only guy. Bradbury, I like Bradbury. Other than that, I, I really have no idea, like, <laughs> like who's on that roster besides Kenny Galladay. I mean, Kenny Galladay was, yeah. <laughs> is a massive disappointment. He has been all year long. How how yeah. does a guy good on the Lions and then bad on the Giants? Like I, I don't get that. I mean, their quarterback issues have been <laughs> you know, terrible, so that's got to be a big part of it. Mike Glennon, right? 
my claim. <laughs> it was uh, it was it was pretty rough. All right, boys. Before we get to Brendan's breakdown of the game, to kind of break down what the way things went, we've got a big announcement uh, for us at least. So, boys, uh, it is yet another amazing round of beers. So, we got to give a round of applause uh, to our uh, our donation. And this is this is crazy because. I was going to shout this guy out for a totally different reason. And he's like, ah, I'm going to buy you guys a round of beers. So my good friend, John Piltaver, who has been one of our most loyal listeners right from the start. And I love getting stuff from him. I get a text message. Hey, what about this? And what about that? Um, him and his wife, Cassie, had their first. Uh, their son, Wesley, was born New Year's Eve. He was really, 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 really early, but Everybody's safe and healthy right now, so we're excited about that one. So can, huge congratulations to Cassie, Pill, and Wesley. Um, but also, seriously, man, thank you, Pill, for for the round of beers. We appreciate it. Pill, thanks. I was at the game today, which I'm sure we'll, we'll, we'll circle back to, but I checked my phone. I've got a Facebook message uh, in the messenger from him. Jack, I'm trying to buy you guys a beer, but I can't find where it is. So I shoot a message to Ryan. You know, I, I shoot it to, to Pill and he buys us a beer. So it was really cool to be at the game and have us buy a beer. And congratulations to you guys on your little one. It is a very generous round of beers, boys. So we're, we're again, we're drinking the good stuff. So we got that going for it. All right, Brendan, we got to hear Roy's quick take on it. Let's hear it. It's time for Brendan's Breakdown. Before I get started, I just want to say I really missed this last week. So just happy to be back. As we go to Soldier Field for the final time this season, as the Chicago Bears tussle with the New York Giants, the game was almost delayed as reports of an escaped draft from the Brookfield Zoo made its way on the field, but it just turned out to be Mike Glennon. But after Sunday's performance, Glennon would probably better better off being a zoo exhibit. On the first play from scrimmage, Glennon went straight to Travis Gibson's steakhouse and said, I'll have the New York Strip. Sack, that is. He wound up going back to Gibson's and said, just give me the chef's pick. Glennon had two turnovers early that led to Bears touchdowns to make it 14 to nothing. Then, after trading field goals, the Bears said, we can dance if you want to. We can leave ball carriers behind. Behind the goal line, the ball won't cross in time, and now two points are mine. After they scored a safety and Cryo Santos field goal in the cold elements, the Bears led 22-3 and would win the game with ease. But not before Robert Harley Quinn took a hammer to Glennon in the second half and set the single-season sack record for the Bears in Gotham City itself. Bears 29, Giants 3. I, I missed it too. I, uh, I talk about it all the time. Brendan, I love that you do that. Thank you so much. I'm stoked to hear it. We've got a full crew with us tonight. So instead of talking holistically about a game that doesn't matter in any way, shape or form, we're going to jump right into the outhouse and the penthouse. So boys, it is time for the outhouse and the penthouse. Before we get to the outhouse and the penthouse, or in this case, the penthouse and the outhouse, you said you used to live in Chicago, and I, I don't know if you're planning on moving back, but if you do, you need to make sure that you call our guy, Jeff Cadwalder. If anybody's thinking about buying or selling a home this year, or if Roy wants to come back to the snowy elements of Chicago for some reason, visit GenevaJeff.com today to learn more about how Jeff Cadwalder with Ad Properties can help you. Jeff knows you need experience when it matters most, so visit GenevaJeff.com today or call or text Jeff directly at 630-254-4734. All right, boys. 
We're going to start in the penthouse. And so let's do this. Let's go Brendan, Roy, Shells, Jack Wright, and I will finish it up. Who or what is in your penthouse for this week? I'm going to take the low-hanging fruit, and I'm putting Robert Quinn right in the penthouse where he has belonged for all season long. Robert Quinn, of course, broke Richard Dent's single-season sack record. He now has 18 on the season. 18 sacks. I mean, that, that's just mind-blowing. Even, you know, Khalil Max never <laughs> sniffed 18 sacks in a season before, and Robert Quinn gets it done in not even 16 games, 15 games. Remember, he missed one game due to COVID protocols, and he's just he's had a sack in eight straight games. With Khalil Mack going out, Robert Quinn has had a sack in every game but one in Mack's absence. He has picked up where he where Mack left off, and it's just unreal. So to see Robert Quinn not only do it, but to get the record at home after like three different times where he should have had a sack, but whether it was a stupid dump off or a penalty, I mean, it, it was just crazy. Everybody was waiting with bated breaths. Breath. So Robert Quinn deserves to be in the penthouse for his performance, not only this season, but or not only today, but this entire season. I believe he now holds records on two teams, doesn't he? I believe he has the Rams single season record at 19. And he also has the Chicago Bears. He does. And Jack, do you know the the really cool stat about that that Chris Long tweeted out? I didn't see that. Both record-setting sacks came against Mike Lennon. (laughs) That is serendipitous. The penthouse. I would say Robert Quinn. Brendan already took that. But I owe owe Robert Quinn a a huge apology. I slandered that man. I said he should be put on the IR and just like rot it away until the season ends so he can be cut June 1st. But so I'll Robert Quinn an apology. Uh, penthouse for me, I'm gonna say Travis Gibson. The young, the young buck had a couple sacks, had a couple strip sacks, right? And his emergence is huge because you know he, he I tweeted earlier, he's that third pass rusher. If we keep all three, we, you know, we don't know what's going on, so we won't even go down that path. But I think he he's been playing well, you know, playing behind Robert Quinn, uh, Khalil Mack, he stepped it up. So I think he's in the penthouse, in my opinion. Yeah, Ryan, you mentioned at the outset, uh, this game didn't mean anything. And yet the crowd I thought was electric listening to it um, at home. Jack, I'd I'd like to know your thoughts, obviously, being there. But I thought the crowd was into it. I mean, the weather was bad. The the game meant nothing. uh, And the fans came out and still supported this team as they do year after year, despite maybe the performance on the field. So shout out to the fans for showing up and supporting the team. Um, I think it really helped the game. The the team came out gangbusters Uh, in the beginning. The defense was on fire. Uh, and, uh, you know, shout out to y'all and, and a quick honorable mention to Jay Feely. I know we beat up some of the broadcasters in the past for, uh, maybe carrying some of the water for Nagy and, and pace. And I, I just thought Jay Feely was, was, um, pretty fair and balanced today, uh, in his criticism of the team and the roster, um, and just his overall assessment of, of where they're at. So, uh, honorable mention goes out to Jay Feely as well. My penthouse is going to be the game itself. I think, it's been tough because we've been so bad and you do forget sometimes what we love about this game and going to the game renewed what I love about the game. I mean, Gary Fensick renewed our love, I think, for the Bears themselves. And this is in the worst of times. And so I feel really good about this because there's redeeming qualities here. You know, Fensick redeemed my love for the Bears. Going to the game reminded me of why I love the game. Walking up to the stadium, seeing the old and the new, 
seeing the columns and then the outside ring where the old school stadium seating used to be, seeing the the grates on the wall, um, you know, the, seeing like the people you mentioned, shells. The people were so fervent, so excited for this team, <laughs> this team that's been so piss poor all year long. I mean, they were jacked just to be there. Um, the the players coming out of the tunnel. You know, the roar of the crowd on the first two plays. That was so exciting. I mean, the place was just, you could hardly hear yourself think. And this is, again, for a team that's like missed the playoffs and has a head coach on the way out of town. Going with my son, you know, and then my son bringing his best friends. So you're just reminded of like what it is that you do at a game and why you love it. If you go with your friends, if you go with your family, like that's so cool to be able to just go and experience that that type of thing. Uh, you know, and then the four sacks and the two interceptions and the, you know, four fumbles and two recovered. I mean, it was just a, maybe I'm a little overzealous because I was there, but it was a freaking fun game, you guys. I loved it. It was so fun. It was just as if we didn't suck quite as bad as we have all year. I know it was the Giants, Roy. You nailed it. It was the Giants, but it was a really fun game to be at. No, Jack, I think you're exactly right. And there is something different when you actually go into the stadium, no matter what type of game it is, you catch that fever and you're with the crowd and everything just is magnified times 10. It's so much different than when you're sitting on your couch, just whether you're by yourself or with a buddy and you're just kind of watching with the commentators. It's so electric. So that's, that's really awesome. You got to experience that the last home game, it was a convincing win. And, you know, for all the fans that brave the cold, like yourself, it's cool that everybody got that treat and got to see something that was just fun to watch for three hours. My penthouse is going to be pretty quick. It's three people though. Uh, it's Ryan Badgley, Devore Nesby and Jack Wright. Just three people that I really, really like. Uh, we've had on this podcast before. We've had some great interactions with all of them were there. I know Devore, it was his first time being at Soldier Field, uh, being a Detroit guy. That was awesome. Ryan Badgley lives in New York and made it all the way out here. Uh, so it's just, it was really neat to see some of the people that you, that you love and respect uh, on Twitter that all happened to be at the Bears game and got to see a good game. So I was thrilled about that. Before we move out to the outhouse, gentlemen, I do want to take a quick detour because of what Jack just said. Roy, I'm hoping that you can talk us through a little bit of your experience at SoFi. Did it live up to the hype? Did you kind of think about that? And then also, I want to hear you and Jack you know, Jack, you had such a good experience. Arlington Heights, it could be like SoFi. It could be, a, you know, a totally different experience. It's not going to be on the lake, but you're not going to freeze your ass off when you go. So, so Roy, let's start with you first. Before we get into what you think about Arlington Heights, talk us through, was SoFi as good as you thought it was going to be? It was amazing, man. It's, it's hard to even describe or explain because I've never seen anything like this. I usually travel to Bears games to not just Chicago, but to different cities. I went to uh, Washington last year. We went to San Francisco. So I've been been around a couple of stadiums, and I'm just like, that place is it, it's amazing. It, it's, it's almost unreal when you're inside. You're just in there, and it just doesn't feel real. It, it, it's hard to explain. You're looking at the, the screens, and it's huge, the field. It's not a bad seat in the place. Uh, it's, it's, it's <laughs> you have to go to a place like that. Like, if, you're, if we're a Bear fan, I'm, I'm honestly – into the Arlington Heights thing, Chicago deserves something like this. Chicago fans deserve something like that. I'm from, I'm living in California now, and I'm gonna tell you, LA fans aren't like Chicago fans. They they don't care that if the Rams start sucking tomorrow, they'll just stop watching. 
you know, that stadium will be empty. They don't, they don't care like we care. Look, I'm way out here and I'm already raising my kids to be Bear fans. Let's that's, that's Chicago. So even though I've been going for 15 years, I'm still Chicago Bears. It, it's amazing. It, like the seating, like I said, you don't even you, – you're half the time you're watching the field and you're looking at the, the screens on the board because it's just the it's just wrapped, screens wrapped around. Uh, all the seating, it feels like I, w- I walked up top and it feels like you're right there on the bottom. You know, we, we had a pretty good seats, but it's, it's just amazing. It's, it's, it's unreal. It's open. We can't do that in Chicago because of the open air. You could do that, but it'd be freezing cold. Maybe that's something we bring to it. But you just have to ex- – it's an experience. If I, if I sum it up, it's an experience. Jack, what about you? I, did it? Did it change your mind? Did you want the Bears to go to Arlington Heights? I've wanted. I'm on record as saying I think they, they they would be better off going to Arlington Heights. I will say, having been there today, it's not as clear cut of a decision as we're walking through the columns. Mm-hmm. I'm explaining to you know my son and 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 his buddy Joey, who's going to his first Bears game ever. Like this is what people come for. This is a part of the tradition. These columns, the fact that this is named Soldier's Field and it's for those who those veterans who have fought, th- that type of thing made it tough. When you get inside, there's a lot of really good seats. There's not many bad seats in the house. We parked on a 17-minute walk for $30, like $30, you know, went over the pedway and bam, we were right there. Now, I will say there was a bunch of fans walking around looking super confused because the signage is super confusing, having no idea where their seats were. Uh, We've talked about, you know, just, okay, all of that stuff is great, and I'm all for tradition, but at some point, you you do. You you just got to knock it down, and you got to go new. And if you can bring some of those old elements into the new stadium, great. But it's time for a change. If you want to be a top-notch um, you know, franchise in the NFL, it's, it's time for a change. All right, gentlemen, we could talk about this one for a long time, but I do want to get to the outhouse again, moving back to the giants game. So for the outhouse, let's go Patrick Sheldon, Jack, Wright, Roy, Brendan, and I will finish it up. Yeah. Uh, at the risk of being sounding too negative, I, I'm going to throw the offense in the penthouse. I mean, I know we look at 29 points, but uh, their first two drives, the Bears offense had to drive a total of 26 yards to score those two touchdowns. And then, you know, you take those away and they really didn't do much the rest of the game. Andy Dalton completed just about 50 percent of his passes. You know, it's just these arguments that the, the offense would run more efficiently with Dalton or maybe Foles. This offense is terrible. It doesn't matter who's under center. I, I mean, 18 of 35 for 173 yards, one touchdown, one interception. They were gifted multiple short fields today. Um, put up 29 points. Great. I mean, it, it was more of the same. Uh, we talked about it before. You hope that the McCaskies aren't duped. I mean, they, they could very well go into Minnesota next week, depending on what the Vikings have to play for and end the season on a three game winning streak. I know you're all shaking your head. It's the McCaskies though, right? We said we don't rule anything out with the McCaskies. Um, but hopefully they can see uh, they can see through this nonsense and realize this is just the same old bears and maybe a little bit more lipstick on it this week. Shells, stop. Just stop saying it. Stop putting it out into the universe. Like, I just, Roy, I, I know. Roy knows, right? Roy, Roy we're, we're about the same age. We've been around the block long enough to know that you can't put anything past the McCaskies in this franchise. When it comes to bad decision making, you can't discount anything as being too outside the realm of possibility. Anything yeah. and everything is on the table, guys. Yeah. They told us that everything's on the yeah. table. The, the part of that fear that scares me, I think Maggie is gone. I, the pace thing scares me. Yeah. I think they're going to try to find some way to keep Ryan Pace. 
I think they will too. And it's terrifying, but I tweeted out today. It was almost like the pace bowl. I mean, you looked at those two quarterbacks guys, there was a point in time where Ryan pace thought that Mike Lennon was an NFL quarterback worth $18 million. Like what did he have? Did he have more interceptions and completions today? It was that the stat I saw, Brendan. Did you four for eleven for twenty-four yards? The team was <laughs> four for eleven minus ten yards passing. Yeah, what, like how do you? <laughs> that's 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 the most Chicago Bears quarterback stat line yeah. I've ever heard in my entire life, ever. Oh, yeah, man. And, and and the two quarterbacks on the field today were hand selected by Ryan Pace as potential. Uh, franchise quarterbacks like that should tell you all you need to know if you're George McCaskey if he's on the fence about whether to bring Ryan Pace back that should that should have done it right there today every time I wish that sometimes I do wish we had either a live or recorded show with video because every time Shells does that you just see all of us like just vehemently shaking our head you know, you know, when you mention there might be a chance that one of those dudes comes back, it's just like you're a little kid and your mom's offering you the medicine and you're like no 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 don't want it. Uh, okay, so the 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 trickery is just like come on, it's so ridiculous with the wildcat. We've talked about it, you know, and then the, like the Montgomery like jump pass, like enough of the trickery and more truckery. Where the Chicago Bears like those situations demand a truck, not a trick, and it's so frustrating. The other thing I'll just mention because, you know, Ryan, you and I are always on this, but if you'd have seen the dudes walking around before the game with bucket of buckets of sand, throwing sand down on the field at various spots and patting down sod that was sticking up all over the field, it was almost like there was a quota, like whoever empties their bucket of sand first on the field like it's a big bonus or something and then fast forward to the game and there's so much slipping so much slipping and these are guys playing on their home field so they know what spikes to wear and yet they are still sliding around i mean maybe that goes back a little bit to the conversation about building a new field maybe that's one of the main reasons to 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 have a new one if you're not going to do turf under the park district at the current field then you gotta you gotta get out of here. But those dudes chucking sand on the field before the game, uh, those those that whole situation is in my outhouse for sure. Uh, with the outhouse, I, I'm with Pat on this. I know we put up 29 points, but that offense is, is horrible. It's putrid. It, the only good things on our offense right now is David Montgomery and Darnell Mooney. Other than that, it's <laughs> I don't even know what we're watching. And, and to the point about the Mike Glennon thing, he gave Mike Glennon 18 million dollars guaranteed. And he paid uh, Andy Dalton ten million guarantee. That's twenty eight million dollars for that quarterback play that Ryan Pace paid. Think about that for a second. Snapshot. Look at the, both those quarterbacks. Ryan Pace paid those two quarterbacks a total of almost thirty million dollars. They both suck. It's painful to watch them play football. Is my brother didn't even watch the football game today. I, I was texting him. He was like, "No, I'm not watching." I was like, "Not you? Not usually here watching on the small screen." This is what he said. He's like, no, I'm not watching. I do not want to watch Andy Dalton and Mike Glennon play football. <laughs> so, Roy, Roy, I, I tweeted that I tweeted that out. You know, why do the football gods hate us? It's one of those things that you tweet sometimes you don't expect the tweet to blow up. Yeah. And just I just keep getting notifications. It's like, yeah, nobody wants to watch this football game. It was, it was awful. All right. You guys covered a lot of what I was going to say with Ryan Pace and his quarterback acquisitions, but I'm still going to put him in the outhouse along with somebody else. But just for a second. 
$28 million guaranteed between Andy Dalton and Mike Lennon. Guys, let's let's do a little uh, prices right here, okay? So I don't know if anybody knows the numbers. Don't look it up. Between the two quarterbacks, a, hunt, a perfect quarterback rating is 158.3, okay? Times that by two. That's 316.6. Guess the combined quarterback rating between Mike Glennon and Andy Dalton today. So let's start with Ryan, Patrick, Roy, and Jack. 28. Four. <laughs> or can I go? Can I go with wet? Can I go with wet fart? It's not a number, but maybe a four. Can I go with that? Four, four. I'll Those put down your. Choices. I'll put your answer as a four slash wet fart. Great, thank you. And uh, fifteen. One one dollar one. Oh, oh, that's the biggest. Business. I hate that every time. Ryan, what'd you say? Twenty eight. Twenty eight. It's actually higher than you think. It is 68.4. But 68.4 out of 316 between two quarterbacks. That is brutal. And I can't imagine. I don't know how Mike Glennon gets another job next year, but it's going to happen. And watch, he's going to face the Bears again because that is tradition. So, and quickly, the other outhouse item I had was Jay Feely. Patrick, I know you liked him. I hate it. Jay Feely today. I hated listening to that goddamn kicker try and tell me what he thinks he knows about the Bears. He doesn't know Jack blank. Okay. He was saying, you know what? Maybe that they have to ask the question if Matt Nagy is the right guy for the Bears after the end of the season. We already know that, you dumbass. He's gone. Haven't you read any sort of report over the last five weeks or so? Even before God, like in week four, we all knew this. But you know what? Hey, great hard-hitting analysis, Jay. Tell me the wind direction of the goddamn field goal kicker when he has to make a kick. I don't need you telling me about what you think about Matt Nagy because we know way more than you at this point. I that like, may be the most passionate I've seen from Brendan. I, I, and it, that, I, I like angry Shagru. I like angry Shagru. This, this, that's my favorite an- Shagru is angry Shagru. <laughs> like Devorio on our podcast. <laughs> I'm just look like we've we've we have like crapped on a lot of commentators this year, and I think rightfully so. But I just hit my limit with Jay Feely because I mean I just think Jay Feely's kind of a weenie. <laughs> I mean, just to have him try and tell me stuff that is completely wrong. I understand he's critical of the offense and everything. That's great. I mean, a five year old can do that. But when you don't even know the status of the head coach at this point, like, come on, man, do your research. We got spoiled with Adam Amin and Greg Olson. I think I've talked about that like three different podcasts. I think that's like the pinnacle for for me, at least. Those are the two best. Those two guys together, especially because Adam Amin is a is a Chicago guy, and he he it's just I don't know. He's just he's really really good. And then you have Greg Olson who played in Chicago. He knows this organization. We, we, we won't get into it too far. Just one thing. I, it's funny because we have talked quite a bit about how great it would be to have local announcers. However, when they were playing Madden and Summerall clips this week to commemorate Madden, I was reminded that there are good, you know, there are good broadcasters or there were good broadcasters. Uh, they're just not around anymore because those dudes did a nice job. They really did. Brett Favre. Well, Brett and also Favre, the Brett Bears Favre. are just so bad. They they get the D. They, they get True. the G crew. I mean, really. Yes. So it's it's whatever. All right, boys. In my outhouse again, very quick. 
the lack of youth movement, which is actually going to lead into my question for all of you. What the hell are they doing? I, I, I don't understand Tevin Jenkins finally getting it in, in late, late into the fourth quarter, the, the youth movement. And I, I think it is Matt Nagy trying to say, this is my system and my system works. And look, I'm going to show you that it works against one of the most god-awful rosters in the entire NFL. But it's, it's hindering this team for the future not playing this. I don't think Justin Fields was really that hurt. I'm not going to say he wasn't hurt. And I understand that there is something about letting him sit and not letting Matt Nagy have his hands on him ever again. But, but I just, you know, what are you doing with Thomas Graham Jr.? Is he going to be there? Is he not going to be there? You know, just the, the youth, the lack of youth movement was very frustrating. So boys, I'm going into this question for each of you. Why didn't Matt Nagy play the youth movement? So let's start with Roy. Brendan, Sheldon, Jack Wright, and I will finish it up. Yeah, it, it's completely frustrating, the whole thing with, with Jason Peters. Jason Peters is about my age, right? He's out there playing left tackle, and you got Tevin Jenkins, who's the, the future left tackle, You Larry Borum. It, it's almost like – and like Dan on my pod, our podcast says this. He says Matt Nagy is so egotistical he's almost sabotaging the team because his his scheme is more important than anything. We, we've seen that. He, this is his, what, fifth quarterback, and none of them can produce? Your scheme is trash. It's, it's horrible. And, you know, you're sacrificing the betterment of the team to play these older veterans who aren't going to be here. Jimmy Graham isn't going to be here. Why is it Horstead playing? It's not, you know, both the tackles, Horstead. Uh, he's, he's putting Damian Williams in the game at times over Khalil Herbert. Thomas Graham, why is he in the game? Artie Burns is on a one-year one year prove-it deal. He's not going to be a next year. It's the same thing over and over. And, it, and we've been saying the same thing over and over. I'll just be glad when the season's over even though I enjoy watching every single Bears game, just so Matt Nagy can get out of here. You know, you, we got we to bring in a coach here. We can get to this if y'all want to later. That fits to the talent of the players that he has on the team and not just trying to shove a, a square peg in a round hole trying to prove that system works. Yeah. I don't know if Matt Nagy's egotistical, but he's just selfish. Matt Nagy's making these moves simply for the fact that he can win another game and add to his coaching record that shows, hey, I'm not as bad as you guys think I am, or I'm going to help myself for the next job. And now you're seeing the complete disconnect between Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy, because I'm sure Ryan Pace wants to see guys like Tevin Jenkins, like Khalil Herbert, Thomas Graham, all the guys that Roy just named play ahead of those veterans, because those are the guys that are going to be here. And it validates Ryan Pace potentially keeping his job. Matt Nagy said, no, I'm playing to win now. I'm playing to win this week alone. And I think that those veterans give me the better chance to win. He, in some cases, he might be right because Jason Peters has played well this season, but it doesn't mean a damn thing for this team right now. And so that's Matt Nagy just being selfish and saying, I want to win this game. I don't care about development because I'm not going to be here next year. Yeah, so I, I think it's a couple things. Brennan, I, I think you're right for most of the year, I think for most of the year he played those guys because he thought he gave him the best chance to win. And he realized that if he could sneak into the playoffs this year, then maybe that could save his job. Once they were eliminated, I think it was more a thumb in the eye, Ryan Pace. I mean, you got think, think about it. If you're Matt Nagy from his perspective and you're sitting here hearing, you know, guys like Tony Romo carry Pace's water, talk about how, you know, Pace has given him a lot of talent. Nagy hasn't done anything with it. And you're sitting here thinking, Oh, okay. 
Uh, so what I could do is I could help out the guy who's throwing me under the bus, the guy who sat in the press conference in January and said, we're joined at the hip and we're in lockstep and we're in this together and we're on the same page no matter what. And now he's throwing me under the bus and he wants me to play his guys to, as you said, validate his performance and maybe save his job when he's trying to throw me under the bus and get me fired. Like, why am I going to do that? I mean, I, you know, I don't know that to be the case, but I'm just, I'm just throwing out a theory there that if I'm Matt Nagy, I'm not looking to do Ryan Pace any favors at the moment and play some of his draft picks and, and, and let them shine and maybe save Ryan Pace's job when all Ryan Pace has done this year is disassociate himself from Matt Nagy and try to throw him under the bus. You are, you are so cynical. I mean, <laughs> what are you talking about? I mean, Matt Nagy is a good guy and an offensive guru. Jeez. Uh, all right, quote on why Peters got the nod over Jenkins, Matt Nagy. This is a Hall of Fame player that's been playing a long time, and he battled his, battled his ass off to get back here and play, and he did a great job. Nagy said of Peters, we're going to do what's best for this team right now. So I think you all, you, you nailed it, right? I mean, that that is what he was thinking. Charles, I think you're right. If it was, I'm a company man, and I think I might have a job next year, then I'm going to play the new kids and we're going to develop this team. But now it's, hey, big double bird to all of you effers. I'm out the door, and I know I'm out the door, so I'm just going to do whatever whatever I want. And so I think that's why he did what he did. You know, the only thing I'll say about that is Peters is the only one that makes a little bit of sense to me. If Peters says, this is it, this was my last run and I want to play my last couple games. Okay. You know what? That's fair. He's, he's earned the right. Yeah. I want to see Tevin Jenkins play. I want to see him get some experience, but if a dude is a, a hall of fame left tackle and he's asked, Hey, please, like, I want to come back and play these last two games. Okay, the rest of it makes no sense to me whatsoever. That you know, Roy, that really one that caught me was the Damian Williams. I have nothing against Damian Williams, but have we watched Khalil Herbert run the football? Dude runs angry. He's awesome. And yet we're not gonna give him carries. It it's just it's infuriating to absolutely no end. Ryan, you nailed that. My son, as we were kicking off, said, There's Herbert on kickoff team. There was a little while there where he was our best running back. Yeah, he was. (laughs) All right, boys. I think we all know what we want. Okay, there's no question. We all want Matt Nagy and the staff gone. But my difficult question for each of you now is, is there anyone on this coaching staff that you would like the Bears to keep, to go out of their way to keep? Maybe this new incoming head coach says, hey, I may have a special teams coordinator. I may have a defensive coordinator. Is there a a coach on this staff that you would like to see retained? I'm going to go Jack Wright, Patrick Sheldon, Roy, Brendan, and I will finish it up. So do we have to choose somebody or can it just be no, no, and everybody go? Jack, you're you're a grown ass man. You can pick whatever you want. <laughs> I am. I'm I'm a man. I'm forty. Um, I dude, I have I have three weeks until I get to say that. And I can't I, wait. Oh, it's dude, it's, I'm thing. gonna blow it up on Twitter all day long. <laughs> I'm a man. I'm forty. <laughs> well, I'm gonna say no one only because, and we've talked about this briefly in the past. Well, you could make a case for uh, you know a, a couple of dudes, special teams, maybe Desai. 
for sure. I, I just think if we're going to do what needs to be done, if Pace is gone, if Nagy is gone, if football ops is completely changed and completely you know overturned, then what we're talking about is we're, we're looking at a new head coach with the ability and the capacity to set a direction for this team that includes an entirely new staff, and that staff is all his own. Now, you, you, Desai has done a nice job, I think better than I expected overall, and it, it would be hard to say goodbye you know, to the special teams coach, but I, I think clean house, let's start new. Mike Fury, got to bring him back. Get out. <laughs> yeah. So, so we got any first time you, listeners out there. I could punch you through. I could yeah. punch you through a microphone right you gotta, now. You yeah. got to make sure because sometimes people don't pick up on. Oh, my God, man. I'm going to get like when I tweeted that Aaron Rodgers thing. By the way, we haven't talked about that. Maybe another episode. Packers fans are unhinged. But uh, yeah, I'll get That's some shocking. DMs with people telling me what I can do with myself tonight. Um, so for first time listeners, that's a joke. All right. I, I've been I've been blasting Mike Fury all year. Uh, but no, I, if I had to make a case for somebody, I would say Chris Rumpf, the defensive line coach. I think you go down a few layers. Maybe it, it you know, it's uh, they're a little bit further removed from the coordinators and the head coach. And you don't really kind of have that stink on you. Um, the defensive line for the Bears was from Jay Rogers time to now has been phenomenal. So. Um, they keep churning out young guys. They bring in free agents off the scrap heap and turn them into a contributor. So um, if you're going to keep somebody, keep somebody that that seems to be doing a great job with their position. So if I had to make a case for somebody, that's who I'd bring back. Uh, I'm going I'm to do a quote here from Breaking Bad. No half measures. It all needs to be wiped clean. Everything, in my opinion, not just the coaching staff, but the, the president, the GM, the coach, the coaching staff. And then a roster needs to be reevaluated. So I'm going to say no. But if you if you can talk me into one person, the only person that I could be talking to is John D. Filippo, the quarterbacks coach. Uh, I think he's an excellent quarterback coach. He's a bad offensive coordinator, but I don't know what it is with Flip. But he uh, kind of like resonates with the young quarterbacks, and I think him and Justin have kind of a bond. Kind of like how they kept going around when they uh, when they got rid of John Fox staff with a uh, Mitch Trubisky. I can see that, but I'm not going to cry about it. I'm not going to be like, oh, they fired Flip. Like, he can get going, too. All of them can get going. They all can go fill out unemployment uh, paperwork. And as Devin Hester said, he got, I got my workers' comp paper in my back pocket. You know? <laughs> so. <laughs> well, I'm sorry. I am going to take some half measures. But I understand cleaning house. I mean, <laughs> I get it. But you know what? I, I can be talked into bringing back Sean Desai. I mean, he's been with the staff for God knows how many coaches now, I believe since 2013, he's seen a lot. I think he's developed over this, over his first season as defensive coordinator. I mean, God, look from what we saw week one to, you know, now I know that he's faced some lesser offenses, but I kind of could be talked into seeing him come back. And then just two other guys, Sheldon, I think you meant you were the one that mentioned Chris Rumpf. He came over this season replacing Jay Rogers. He did really well with that defensive line. And then, I mean, I got to say, Bill Shuey is probably the biggest one. He's the outside linebackers coach. Look what happened with Robert Quinn. Look what happened with Travis Gibson. I mean, Khalil Mack was on a tear. I think he's done really well with these edge rushers. So you can make a case for some of those guys on defense. And perhaps, depending on the coach that the Bears will likely hire, assuming Matt Nagy gets fired, if it's an offensive guy, perhaps he does what Nagy did the first time and leave – 
the defense alone and let kind of decide pick and choose his guys. So those, those are the guys I would bring back. I think you guys know the answer that I'm going to say, because I've, I've kind of talked about it before, which is Chris Tabor. Think about the return game. Think about how many guys have been back there and how each of them has had a decent return. Now, we've also had a couple guys that have just, just been bad, but I think you've watched them get better as the return game has gone on. And I also think about Cairo Santos, you know, his, his epic run last season and this season too, the, the guy is, is really, really good. Now, you know, maybe somebody else wants to bring in their guy, but I, I, I think I, I think I would be okay if, you know, if, if he comes back uh, in, in at least some capacity. Yeah. I was real quick. I was just going to uh, close that out by saying, I honestly wouldn't have a problem with them bringing anybody back. So long as it's the new staff's decision, I don't want any more of this, you know, bears way where they strongly encourage or strong arm or force a new coach um, or, or force a, a new coach to keep an assistant or something like that. If it's a new staff's choice to keep, you know, a, a coach, great. And I'll, I won't have any problems with it. All right, boys, before we get to the next big question, which I want to talk about your playoff team, because it won't be the Chicago bears. We've got a contest. It's our very first contest on the bear down report podcast. And the, the boys, we've talked about this and we're pretty excited about this. What we're going to do is we're going to ask you, the listeners to tell us your bears story. You've got to send us an audio file and I'll give you my email a couple times in this. It's ryan.dengel at beardownreport.com. That's Ryan, R-Y-A-N dot Dengel, D-E-N-G-E-L at beardownreport.com. Send us an email. You can share that audio file with me. You can send it to me if, if it's not too big to send. And we want to pick the top choices. We're going to play them on this podcast. And we're going to have you, the listeners, pick who's the best. The winner is going to come on and co-host with us. Uh, going to co-host with us. And uh, we're really looking forward to it. The best thing about this contest is it really could be anything you want related to the bears. It could be a memorable story, maybe something heartfelt when you were a child, maybe like an awesome moment during the draft when Justin Fields was drafted. could be something funny, like a funny encounter, a funny thing happened while you were watching the game. Anything related to the bears that is that really means something to you. We want to hear it. So please send it to us. We want to play these on the air and really just have fun, like both hearing your heartfelt stories, funny stories, what have you, and just, you know, embrace that as bears fans, because we're going into the off season and, you know, we, we want to keep this community going and we want to hear from all of our awesome listeners. Brendan, is there a limit to how many submissions I can have? I don't know. Ryan is there. Yes. <laughs> can the staff submit? No, you definitely can't. Yes. We, we want to, we want to bring in one of our Damn awesome it. listeners. I will okay. say this. Do not send us a seven minute story uh, because we're not going to play the whole thing. So please try to keep it uh, three minutes or under. If it's a little bit over, that's okay. But try to keep it three minutes or under uh, the story. Like Brennan said, it could be funny. It can be inspiring. It could be a family connection, whatever it is. We can't wait to hear your stories. And so when we start getting those submissions, we will pick our favorites to play for all of you and we'll go from there. All right, boys. The Chicago Bears are not, they are not going to the playoffs. I know this is a big shocker for all of us. I'm curious, is there one team that you are trying to adopt as the playoffs go on, or are you just watching good football? Let's go Patrick Sheldon, Roy, Brendan, Jack, and I will finish it up. No, I'm, I'm not adopting anybody. Um, 
I, I know I give the Bears a hard time and and I'm critical and I'm sometimes maybe seen as too negative, but there's no way in hell I'm ever going to root for another team or adopt another team. Um, I just want to watch good football. I'll enjoy it, you know, and I'll appreciate it. And, and if a team's playing good football, I'll recognize it. But I'm not going to bust out the pom-poms and, and act like I'm a fan of anybody else. That's just me, though. I'm just going to watch good football, but I will say with this caveat, I'm rooting for anyone playing the Packers. <laughs> Damn right. 100%. You are playing the Packers. I am your friend. (laughs) The enemy of my enemy is my friend. (laughs) That's a good caveat. That's a good caveat. I'd say along with Roy's rooting interest, because I think that makes sense for everybody here. I'm rooting with my pocket. So I would say anybody who I have a financial interest in. So right now, my biggest, I'd say my biggest team is the Dallas Cowboys because I put down a decent wager last week on them to win the Super Bowl. I think it was at 10 to one. And I don't feel great after watching them play against the Cardinals, but I'm still riding with them until the playoffs kind of, you know, weed them out. And then I decide who else I want to bet on. So I am strictly rooting with my financial interests in mind. I don't know if you know this or not, but I'm a big fan of Aaron Rodgers and the green Bay Packers. I just, I'm really impressed with, you know, they're immunized quarterback and, and how him. prolific Mute him. he is. Uh, Mute him. I, I, I threw up in my mouth a little bit. <laughs> uh, I, I've usually been like a bandwagon Bills fan. Uh, I don't think they're going to go very far. So I think it's probably going to be either the Patriots or the Colts in the AFC. And I don't know. I mean, you just mentioned, Brendan, the Cowboys. I, their defense has been so lights out right now. I would love to see the Cowboys beat the Packers and then perhaps the Cowboys face either the Patriots or the Colts. That's what I'm looking at. To think if McCarthy could beat Rodgers, oh, Twitter would be ablaze. And I I would front row seats, popcorn ready. Let's <laughs> do this. That would be so awesome. All right, boys, I got a couple uh, questions left before we get to Jack's question. Um, these have absolutely nothing to do with the Chicago Bears. Brendan, I'm watching a, a, a trailer for the next Batman movie, and it's a yet another origin story. Why in the hell do I keep watching origin stories every couple of movies, right? Like, I, I, I can't keep it all straight. There was a Spider-Man, and then there was another Spider-Man, and then another Spider-Man, and it's three. Di- like, wh- why? Why is that? Well, Ryan, uh, that's a simple, simple answer. It's called money. <laughs> These studios can make a lot of money just rehashing the same damn thing with different actors and actresses and making things seem slightly different, but it's all the same. I mean, in reality, though, I'm I'm not a I'm a Batman fan, but I'm definitely more Marvel. And I got to say, Spider-Man, Spider-Man No Way Home, I'm not going to spoil it because it's still pretty recent, but that was so fun. They did that so well. And yes, it, was, it wasn't like another origin story or anything. They rehashed it essentially for a third time in the last um, like 20 years, I think. But they did it so well, and it was, it was really enjoyable. So I'll, I'll take that. That, was, that one was a lot of fun. And the new Batman does kind of look good with Robert Pattinson. I'm, I'm intrigued. Patrick Sheldon, I want to drink a little bit of bourbon. What is the bourbon that I should be drinking as soon as this podcast is complete? I'll give you, I'll give you two. I'll give you an upper end and I'll give you a, a reasonably priced bourbon. For reasonably priced, 
your Woodbridge double Oak, in my opinion, is unmatched. It's phenomenal. If you're looking for something a little bit higher end, sometimes can be tough to find, but Colonel E.H. Taylor is also a delight. So um, don't mix them, right? If you're just, if you're going to, if you're going to drink those, drink them straight. If you're looking to mix, get, you know, whatever's on sale. But if you're looking for a nice bourbon to sip, uh, I would say those are, those are two in the reasonably priced and a and little bit pricier range. Roy, explain to the basketball illiterate individual who happens to host this podcast, who is the absolute best basketball player today, right now, and why? Ooh, right now. I'm going to say Stephen Curry right now is the best basketball player in the NBA. There can be arguments about Kevin Durant and LeBron James. LeBron James is kind of on the the tail end of his career. The reason why I say uh, Stephen Curry is he is doing something in the NBA that has never been done in NBA history. And when an NBA player is great, that's usually what they have to do. It has to be something. It has to be Shaquille O'Neal. He's unstoppable. Michael Jordan won the six championship. Bill Russell, Larry Bird, Magic Johnson. And he is on that level. He is one of the greatest basketball players that ever lived. And if you ever have an opportunity to see the Golden State Warriors play basketball, watch him. Because what he is doing is very difficult and he makes it look very easy. And it is it has never been done before. He's pulling up from 40 feet and hitting shots with three people in his face. And that has never been done in NBA history. It, it, it is amazing to watch. And I'm a big Bulls fan, but if I see the Golden State Warriors on TV, I am watching, you are watching history. He hit 3,000 three-pointers? Oh, my God. Yeah. Jack, we are coming up on the anniversary of your first sushi experience. What was that like, and why were you so resistant? Well, because sometimes seafood smells like seafood, and I'm not a fan of that smell in any way, shape, or form. And so, you know, I, I enjoyed it because it was a great trip. We, you know, the whole thing, riding motorcycles up the coast, moto bro time, being in San Fran, and we're having good sushi as far as sushi goes. So that part of it, the the experience of it was really great. If I could count the amount of times I've had sushi since then, let me think, one, two, zero. It would be zero <laughs> times, right? That was an amazing trip. We rented Harley Davidson motorcycles and in true Harley Davidson fashion, one of them broke down uh, and it just, <laughs> uh, let's, let's move on. All right. Last question before we get to, to Jack's question, boys, if you could have a beer or a beverage meal, whatever, doesn't matter with one Chicago bear, either current or former, alive or dead, it doesn't matter, but you only get to choose one Chicago Bear. Who are you going to have a drink with? Let's go Patrick Sheldon, Roy, Brennan Chagru, Jack Wright, and I will finish it up. One beer. Yes, Walter Payton for me. Um, he's the reason I'm a Bears fan, so I'd like to, I'd like to thank him uh, for turning me on to the greatest football franchise in history. Uh, from the time I was five years old, I was literally dressing up like Walter Payton, uh, way more times than a five-year-old should probably go into like events where it was really inappropriate to wear a football helmet, but uh, Hey, that was going to happen and nobody was going to tell me otherwise. So uh, definitely Walter Payton. I'd I'd love to sit down with him and and have a beer and thank him and, uh, and just hear some stories about his playing days. Ooh, mine's going to be 85 bear too, (laughs) but uh, it would be Mike Singletary, Samurai Mike. And the reason why is because of the same thing with Sheldon. I was a kid. I had the VHS Super Bowl shuffle, right, singing that song. But uh, when I was in high school, I was a freshman. I went to Austin High School. It was a pretty rough school. 
Mike Singletary came to speak at this school and he was given the, the speech, you know, about his life story and how he would run up this hill and run down this hill. And I never forgot that speech. And it was so resounding being then I was a little knucklehead. And then now where I progressed to as a man. And at times I remember Mike Singletary's speech. A lot of kids in the crowd just didn't care. They were like, yeah, whatever. Who is this old, who is this old man? Mike Singletary would be my guy. Cause I never forgot that he came to that school and gave that speech. Yeah. It, and he's just such a powerful speaker. He would just motivate you to do almost anything. So I'm going to break tradition here and, or I guess break the pattern, I guess, whatever. I'm actually going to take more of a current or recent bear. And I'm going to do two because screw it. I think you can't have one without the other. I'm going to have Jay Cutler and Brandon Marshall. I love Brandon Marshall. He's my favorite bears player. And I, I'm so fascinated by the like late 2000s, 2010s bears with Lovey, with Mark Tressman, and then going into John Fox. Like, I think the stories that those two guys would tell, I could listen to them for hours. I know that sometimes they say some things that I don't always agree with, but you know, that's, (laughs) Hey, we can have, we can have fruitful discussions. That's fine. And also you are probably going to see some sort of a bar fight with those two because they're like the best of friends and worst of enemies. And that isn't that the best entertainment. So I got to go with two Jay Cutler, Brandon Marshall. All right. So since Peyton was taken for the sake of variety, I'd go with the uh, punky QB. If I'm looking to have a good time and just throw some back and hear some great stories. I would think that Jimmy Mack would be one of the best guys in the history of the Bears organization to just go to a bar with and throw some back. I think that would be pretty frigging hilarious. Again, Walter is taken. So mine is Gail Sayers. Think about what that dude went through. The 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 barriers that he had to break through, uh, the unbelievable career that he had and would have had further if if he if he busted his knee like three years ago, he's still playing and he breaks every bears record that's out there. I mean, you got to wonder, would Walter have the record if Gail Sayers was healthy? That dude was just so smooth. And I just like all the stories that he would have, I would absolutely love it. All right, boys, it is time for Jack's question and then shout outs and get out of here. So Jack, what do you got for us this week? What's happening? All right, gentlemen, if you were able to possess a superhero's power, what superhero's power would you possess and why? We are going to go with Shells, Roy, Brendan, Ryan, and I will be last. Oh, man, that is a really tough question. I don't even know whose superpower this is. And at the risk of getting absolutely lambasted by you guys, I'm not a comic book dude. Uh, I haven't <laughs> seen a lot of the movies. Brendan's getting mad right now. Yeah. Brent, Brendan's already yeah. upset. No, no, I'm not getting mad. I'm just getting ready to, you know, waste you for your take here. Me, me and Jay Feely have way better things to do with our time. Talk, talk about Brendan. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Why are you Maybe bringing I'm... Jay Feely into this, man? What's that? Yeah. Why are you bringing Jay hey, Feely listen, back? I want the backstory. I know there's a backstory there. Nobody hates somebody they've never met that much without a backstory. So. Someday you, you got to tell us can, what's going on with you and Jay. Can Jay-Feely. you answer the question? Can yeah. The- <laughs> In, the invisibility. As much as I dislike people and being around people, uh, I'd like to be invisible at times. Typical, typical veteran right there. <laughs> right? <laughs> Lay low, hang out in the back. Let me alone. Me. Give me a bottle yeah. of whiskey. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, and guys, that's also a Sue Storm's power from the Fantastic Four, okay? 
you knew that you didn't have to look that up and sorry no, of course not <laughs> uh me uh he's not even he don't even have any superpowers i would want to be tony starks i just want to <laughs> give, give me the money and give me the tech <laughs> not just put on a suit and just fly around even though i don't i, I would say fly but if i have a suit i can just fly and then i just fly to my lamborghini yeah. and just drive off you know that's that- tony stark that may be the only right answer. That's, that's <laughs> that a, was my that's answer. answer. <laughs> I almost said Superman, but I was like, nah, I'd rather be Tony Stark than Superman. All right. Yeah, damn it. Tony Stark was mine. Because <laughs> you could, you could be a genius. Yeah, man. You, you could be a genius and make all this stuff and be just rich as hell, you know? Like, <laughs> I could do everything a superhero could do and I'm not a superhero. Exactly. <laughs> It's like the, you know, the line from the Avengers. It's like, oh, you know, big suit and man of honor, man of armor. Take that away. What are you? He's just like genius billionaire, billionaire, playboy, philanthropist. Mm. God, I can't talk today. <laughs> All right. Um, I, you know what? I love Captain America. Captain America is hella strong. I love his values. I think he's, you know, I'm big man, man crush on Chris Evans. So give me Captain America's super strength and uh, ability to throw Frisbee really well. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> this is the lamest answer you're ever going to hear oh, and i've heard that it's the lamest answer and i'm probably gonna hear that from all of you guys i don't care i'm fine with it i don't even there isn't a superhero because this superpower is so lame but i, I get to answer the question however the hell i want to so i'm gonna do it right now <laughs> i want to be able to speak and understand every single language and dialect on the planet Do you know how many great stories you could have, like people that would be like, oh my God, this guy speaks this dialect, like get him some free food. Or I I don't know. I just feel like that would open so many doors and you like people would just absolutely love you because you could do it. And then of course you could talk trash about any person you wanted because you would know a language that they definitely don't. I think that would be awesome. Brian, I I would say you would probably either solve world peace or create all the wars to come. I don't think there's any middle ground there. I think I might start some shit. I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah. Yeah. Would you be like, would you be like Larry the linguist or something? <laughs> what would be your, like, what's your tag? What's- yes. And I wear, I wear, I wear a polo and some khakis. <laughs> Penny loafers. <laughs> That's sexy. Oh man. That's- with white socks, white socks and jackets. Well, of course, yes. absolutely. <laughs> you just described Jim Harbaugh. <laughs> Thanks with milk. He's also a superhero. He is a superhero. All right. Well, take Spidey and his recent movie out of it. I've wanted to be Spidey since I was little. This might age me, but it might connect with some of you too. When we were little you'd get a thing called underoos for Christmas and you'd get a superhero kind and my brother would get Superman and my my uh, and my sister would get Wonder Woman and I would get I would get Spidey to this day I still say when something's happening I'll go I don't know but my Spidey senses are tingling you could climb up buildings you could still kind of fly a little bit flying and I think I've just always wanted to be Spidey I can confirm Jack does, in fact, say that quite often. 
All right, boys, this has been an awesome pod. We want to say thank you to Roy so much for, for joining in with us this week. It is time to give shout outs, boys. Any shout outs that you might like to give before we do that very, very quickly, the end of the season is upon us. We are going to do a very abbreviated podcast for the last Vikings Bears game because who cares, right? That is whatever the game is, what it is. And we've got two very big episodes that are coming your way, folks. And we are thrilled about it. We are going to break down the top coaching candidates, what we like and what we don't like. Brennan will talk a little bit more about that probably next week uh, during the Vikings episode. And then we also have our end of season awards. I will tell you that one of my favorite podcasts that we've done is last season's end of season awards. Uh, some of them are serious, some of them not so serious, and we are really, really looking forward to it. So those are some big episodes that are coming up. Folks, one more time, if you will, please submit a story for our contest. We would love to hear your Bears story, put it out on this pod, and we'd also love to have you come and join us. So for shout outs, let's go Roy Shells. Brennan, J-Dubs. Oh, man. I don't really have any shout-outs. Just, uh, I just shout-out to everybody I interact with on Twitter. I interact with a lot of you guys on Twitter. You know, I've been, I've been, going, on, been going on rants. You know, I've been away from it from ho- the holiday season, so I have these little periods where I just have time to tweet, and I just tweet up a storm, then I go away. And then, like I said, Twitter ablaze. But uh, just shout-out to everybody that, that – you guys, you know, for rocking with us uh, – you know, all the podcasts are rocking with us, you know, so shout out to everybody, all the podcasters in Bears land. I, I got a few. Um, I'll try to keep the first couple quick um, to Jamar Chase and Amon Ross St. Brown for basically winning the uh, fantasy championship for me. Thank you, guys. Uh, what, a, what a performance this week from you two. Uh, the Providence College basketball friars. I know I've shouted them out a bunch in the past, but guys, they're 13 and one. Uh, they have the most quad wins of any team in college basketball, six. They just dismantled DePaul, uh, 70 to 53 the other day, and uh, should be climbing up the rankings a little bit more. Uh, phenomenal team. Love what Ed Cooley's doing with them. Love watching them. Uh, probably their best team that they've had under Ed. So excited to see what they can do in the tournament. And then uh, on a more serious note, I know Bears Twitter can sometimes be pretty toxic, and um, this week it wasn't. And to see the Bears community, which is among the best on Twitter, come together uh, in support of Parker Dickerson, Jeff's son, uh, and raise uh, over a million dollars and shattered the goal. I think the goal was 100000 to start, and that was that was surpassed within uh, minutes almost. I mean, it was, it was just great to see the outpouring of support for those that are, are Bears, Bears fans uh, and know uh, Jeff or have listened to him on the radio I've uh, read his stuff, know what a tremendous guy he is, but also know uh, how much love he had for his son. And to know what, what that family went through as a dad is absolutely gut-wrenching. Uh, it, 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 it impacted me. I'll, I'll be honest with you guys. Like it, it, I never met Jeff. I didn't know Jeff. I listened to him on the radio, and, and we know that um, sometimes we, we develop uh, an attachment with these folks like we know them. And I didn't know him, but... I couldn't stop thinking about him and his family uh, after that news. It was just heartbreaking. And I, I hope uh, that his family can find some peace through all this. And I hope that in a small way, um, this could, could help Parker uh, in his future and, and allow him to accomplish the things that he's always wanted to accomplish. I know he's a tremendous baseball player and he's got a lot of interests. Uh, and so hopefully this will allow him um, you know, make things a little bit easier on them. So shout out to Bear Sweater for coming together and to the Dickerson family. My, my thoughts and prayers go out to y'all and, and my condolences. 
Yeah, I actually want to echo that and just kind of build upon what Shell said with Jeff Dickerson. I mean, I want to shout out the entire ESPN 1000 family. I mean, Waddle, Sylvie, Cap, Jay Hood, Carm, Yurko. I-, I could go on. I mean, literally all the producers, all the hosts who have just really had to, you know, be on the air and just share all these stories about Jeff. I mean, like Shell said, this impacted me too. Like this, you, you grow up with these guys. I've been listening to ESPN 1000 for 10 plus years now. And I always look forward to JD's hits. He was so eloquent. He was so like honest and insightful with his analysis. And then, but not only hearing that, like just hearing the stories from all the bears beat and all the ESPN 1000 people about just what a just great person he was and how welcoming and wonderful and how he really brought everybody together like that. It just hits so hard. And so my, just my thoughts and prayers go out to his family, obviously Parker, you know, he's never going to get back what he would have had with both of his parents because Jeff's wife also passed away a few years ago, but at least bears Twitter and everybody across the world can give him, you know, something with the the million dollars raised. It's incredible. So shout out to just everybody there. And like I said, the bears beat sharing the stories, keeping his legacy on, it really means a lot. And, you know, just real quick, I'm hopefully at some point going to make it one game or so. Like I would love to be in the press box for bears game and maybe that day happens. And I was sort of thinking about this the other week. Like if that ever happens, I don't know what the hell I'm going to do. I don't, you know, I'd like, who would I connect with? And the first person before I knew he was sick, I was like, Oh, Jeff Dickerson. He's such a nice guy. He's so welcoming. And uh, that just, it, it stinks that I'll never get to meet him personally. And so anyway, just shout out to all them. And um, yeah, it's definitely been a rough week, but um, on a lighter note, I also want to shout out Terrence Young. Uh, so Terrence is like one of the best guys on Bears Twitter. And he put out an announcement that he's been teasing for like a month, I feel like. But Terrence uh, is officially a finalist for the 2022 Ford Hall of Fans in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. So I think there's only one of the Bears fan that's been elected, and that's Bear Man, like the quintessential Bears fan. So the fact that Terrence has been nominated, he got to meet Singletary, who we were talking about earlier, just such a cool honor. Terrence is such a cool guy on Twitter. And I know he does so much for not only the bears, but for the community. So just a tremendous honor and shout out to you, my friend, because that is the coolest thing. A, uh, a bit of a begrudging shout out to, to you, Brendan, for winning the BDR staff picks i believe with the win this week you will be 15 and 2 and i think that nobody else will bring home the cash but you so shout out to you i mean great job i'm so excited for you uh really happy i'm a really gracious loser uh shells shout out to you uh for the uh incredibly cool swag that you sent us thanks for the personalized bdr yeti i'm drinking uh, a delicious ipa out of it as we speak also shout out to you shells and to your pilates rack in the back shout out to that i picture you shirtless every podcast doing pilates uh shout out to uh devin hester who is a finalist for the hall of fame three pro bowls three first team all pro bowl selections he excited our entire bears fandom for years we've been trying to push for him to be in the hall of fame and so that's we're on the cusp and that's exciting uh, shout out to roquan smith who 
with all of the discussion today, kind of got overlooked a little bit. Nobody's fault, just happened. Uh, but he has now um, surpassed Brian Urlacher's career-high totals in tackles today. Uh, he now has 157 tackles. He's 32 away uh, from the franchise record, and that is incredible. And uh, so shout-out to uh, Roquan Smith. Just really quick, Devin Hester. My wife and I got the opportunity to see Devin return two uh, punts for touchdowns and actually named our first dog, Hester. Uh, he is going to be 11 this April and uh, just, man, just love, love, love that dude. All right, lots of shout outs to give. Gregory Bell II, just some awesome interactions. That dude is, he's just good people. I don't know what else to say. He's just, he's good people, really good interactions back and forth. Uh, so Gregory, shout out to, to you. Pablo, uh, just Pablo from Hawaii. Uh, he was born in Chicago, uh, but is uh a fan in Hawaii. And again, we've had some positive interactions back and forth and just, uh, just a big fan of that guy, that Montreal girl. Uh, I can't believe we haven't given her a shout out in a while. We had a, a, okay, really quick boys, Tim Tams. It is a cookie from Australia and it is unreal, super, super good. And she finally got some up there in Canada and, uh, she was thrilled with them. So that Montreal girl, thank you so much for that back and forth. One more time to Roy for coming on the show tonight with us, my buddy Pill and Cassie, their wife. And then the last one, um, I want to make sure that I, that I don't tell too much of the story, but a, a friend of ours, Lockie Oosterwick from Melbourne, Australia had a bit of an accident. He is healthy. He's recovering, but it was kind of a traumatic thing for a little guy. And so, uh, Lockie, I just want to let you know that all of us at the Bear Down Report are thinking a lot about you and hoping that you have a very quick, healthy recovery. All right, folks, if you have liked what you've heard, please hit subscribe. If you really like what you've heard, go ahead and hit us with a five-star review because that really helps to widen our audience. But if you have loved what you've heard, you can go to any of the episodes on beardownreport.com, click on the episode itself. Uh, there'll be a little red circle donate button. Once you click on that, you can buy us a round of beers like Pill did, and we will shout you out on this podcast. We truly, truly appreciate it. Folks, thank you so very much. We know you can get your pods anywhere. If you're not listening to the Three Kings of the Midway, make sure you listen to those guys. They are absolutely incredible. I love it. I never, ever miss an episode. I love those guys. They have fantastic chemistry. But we know that you're listening to this episode and you've gotten this far into the episode that means more than you know. So we appreciate you so very, very, very much. For Jack Wright, Patrick Sheldon, Brendan Chagru, Roy from Three Kings of the Midway, I am Ryan Dengel. Folks, thank you so very much. And as always... Bear down.